Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen each day. It is October 12th, 2021, and I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. The Jets are in their bye week, and today we are going to talk about things that we've learned through the first five weeks of the 2021 season, ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. It's funny, I hate early bye weeks. I think that typically the later in the season your bye week comes, the better it is because the NFL is such a physical sport that I want my players rested up and as fresh as possible for the stretch run. And when you get that bye week early, you use up the best resource a team has to get fresh for the later part of the season. And I think I've never seen the actual breakdown on this, but My guess is that the later in the season the bye week comes, the better it typically is. Now, that's not always necessarily the case. The last time the Jets played in London, it was 2015, and it was an early season game against the Miami Dolphins. The Jets had a lot of key players who had early season injuries, and that team was really helped by the early bye because they were able to use that week to get fresh, and the Jets went on to win 10 games that season. I'm not sure how much it helps the Jets this year, but... For the purposes of analyzing a team, I think a week five buy is actually really good or a week six buy after five games is perfect because you're deep enough into the season to get a good feeling for where the team is and there's enough time to correct some of the things that are wrong. So on today's show, I want to talk about some of the things we've learned about the Jets through the first five weeks. And in some areas, these will be positive things and in other areas, these will be things that I'll be looking to see them correct for the remainder of the 2021 season. I think the first thing we've learned through the first five weeks, and we need to acknowledge it, this is not going to be the dream season for the New York Jets. Prior to Adam Gase, the Jets had a stretch of coaches who did really well in their first season. Bill Parcells took the Jets from 1-15 to 9-7. Al Groh missed the playoffs, bad finish to the season, but still went 9-7. Herm Edwards made the playoffs. Eric Mangini made the playoffs. Rex Ryan made the AFC Championship game. Todd Bowles had that aforementioned 10-6 and season in 2015. And then Adam Gase did not do so well. He went 7-9. and I think after the Gase experience, you've seen player after player across the NFL produce after Gase is no longer their coach. There was a part of you that maybe dreamed that everything breaks right for the Jets. All of these guys who are question marks perform for the team. The youth and enthusiasm helps lift the team up. Maybe they overperform, maybe they get some good luck, and maybe they threaten for a playoff spot. That was always the dream scenario. And I think every NFL fan has their version of the dream scenario entering the season. You always think, all right, if all of these things go right, we got a shot. Now, for the Jets, the dream scenario was a little bit less ambitious than other teams. A lot of teams, you're thinking, if all these things go right, we can have a deep playoff run, if not win the Super Bowl. For the Jets, the dream scenario was essentially, maybe we can have a winning season, maybe we can threaten for the playoffs. I think we now know five weeks into the season, this is not a playoff team. 
Jets are one and four. That's going to be difficult to climb out of, even with the extra game, even with the now seven teams making the playoffs in each conference, the extra playoff spot. It's going to be difficult to do. And we see some of the flaws in this team. We see the youth. We see the inexperience. Youth is kind of a double-edged sword because it gives you hope. Sometimes it can lift a team up. The youthful exuberance can lift a team up. But you also see a lack of development. You see a lack of refinement. And sometimes you see an immaturity. I look back to that game Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons, and I wonder if this was maybe a young team, the youngest team in the NFL, that maybe read too many of its own press clippings in the week heading into the Atlanta game because they were coming off such a great win over the Tennessee Titans. The Jets have lots of players who need to develop. And one of the things that happens when you're a young team like the New York Jets are right now is you're putting guys on the field And not all of the guys you put on the field are going to be long-term solutions for you. I bet you of these young players the Jets are putting on the field, there are at least a couple who are not going to be in the NFL in two or three years. That's just how it goes. And part of this season, I think, is about not just developing talent, but assessing talent, seeing which players can develop for you, seeing which players can overachieve. And I think we kind of had a signal heading into the season If you listen really closely to what the coaches and general manager say prior to the beginning of the season, you can get a sense for where a team is at. And if you listened to Robert Sala and Joe Douglas, they kind of told you what the expectations were, that this is going to be less about wins and losses than it is about developing players. Now, let me be clear about that. These two things are not totally disconnected from one another. Now, we're one in four right now, and... It's reasonable to say, okay, this is a young team. They're still learning. You know, you still have young players. Again, immaturity, maybe a little bit. But as we get into the season, you want to see development. And development is directly connected to winning games. I'm not saying the Jets need to go out there and play 800 ball the rest of the way. But you do want to see better performances. You want to see this team continue to compete. But you want to see the results begin to come. You know, one and four at the beginning of the season, I was always less focused on the first phase of the season because I knew that there were going to be young pieces. I knew the Jets were still going to be figuring things out a little bit. But as we get later in the season, I've named examples of teams in recent memory, whether you talk about a team Robert Sala was on the coaching staff for, the San Francisco 49ers in 2017 that had a miserable start, or the Cleveland Browns a couple years ago coming off a season that was not all that dissimilar to what the Jets had last year. Now, the Browns did not win a game. The Jets won two in, 29, I'm sorry, in 2020. But they began the, the Baker Mayfield's rookie year, the 2018 season, very slowly. And by December, they were one of the hottest teams in football. They were the team nobody wanted to play if you were in the playoff race. And then a couple of years ago, the Miami Dolphins, who looked at, like they may be the worst team in NFL history for the first six, seven weeks of that season, ended up finishing a very respectable 5-11. and 11. Now, there are differences between these teams and where the Jets are right now. That 49ers team had its fate changed dramatically because it traded for a quarterback midseason, Jimmy Garoppolo, and once Garoppolo st- stepped into the lineup, it was a different team. The Jets have their quarterback from day one, and it's not a veteran like Garoppolo was at that time, even though Garoppolo did not have a lot of starts. It's a rookie, Zach Wilson. The Cleveland team had a lot of dysfunction on the coaching staff, Hugh Jackson, Todd Haley. And once they got rid of those guys and Greg Williams took over as interim head coach, and it's amazing to think of Greg Williams as an influence of stability, but that's what he was for that Cleveland team, they began to take off. And that Miami team was further behind schedule 
compared with where the Jets are right now. The Jets are at the beginning of their build. The Dolphins are kind of in reset mode, or they were in reset mode back in 2019. They were kind of where the Jets were in 2020, where they had a horrible team. They did not have much talent. They did not have many players who were keepers. The Jets have begun their build. You know, they spent a lot in free agency. They tried to add players. So these scenarios are not direct one-to-one comparisons, but I think ultimately there is a framework here. I'm not sure playoffs were the expectation heading into the season. I was hoping that there would be. You know, listen, you always hope for the best. You hope that your team exceeds your expectations. And every fan, look, I do it too. I was probably too optimistic heading into the season. You map out this scenario in your head where everything can go well. And that's part of being a fan. That's part of being a fan is you you figure out ways that you probably overrate your own guys because you want to be optimistic heading into the season. I think we now know that's not going to be the case for the Jets. And we now have a more realistic view of what this team is and where some of the weaknesses are and what constitutes progress going forward. So I think the first five weeks of the season, as they are frequently for Jets fans, kind of bring you back to earth and make you a little bit more realistic about where things are. But there still are some things to watch. It's just we're not going to be watching playoffs. We're going to be watching more things like progress. And yes, eventually, I think later in the season, we're going to need to see some more wins because difficult to say you're making progress if you aren't winning games. Now, if you want to win some games while you're betting, you should know that Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And don't forget to use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen each day. Today we are talking about things that we've learned about the Jets through the first five weeks of the season as they head into their week six bye. And I think we have to talk about the quarterback position. And I think we have to find some middle ground when we talk about Zach Wilson. If we're going to be honest, it's been a rough beginning to his career. But that doesn't mean we should begin throwing out words like bust or saying that he's hopeless. He's five weeks into his NFL career. And I'm hearing this from some fans. I'm hearing it from some people I really respect. And when I hear that, I say, we need to slow down a little bit. You have to remember, this is a very difficult thing entering the NFL, seeing defensive schemes you've never seen before against better athletes, faster players than you've ever seen before. It's a lot to put on a quarterback. You have to be the leader of the team. You're in New York, toughest media market in the country. It's just a lot to put on a quarterback. If you ever listen to a quarterback who played as a rookie, they tell you how overwhelming it is. I think Zach Wilson needs time to learn. At the same time, I think if we're being objective, the first five weeks, he has not been where most of us hoped he would be. He's a little bit behind schedule. And if we're going to be honest with you, if I told you before week one of the season that five weeks in, Zach would have a 57.3% completion percentage, a 6.5 yards per attempt average, four touchdowns, nine interceptions, a 62.9 quarterback rating, an interception in every game, three of five games with no touchdown passes, I mean, you would have said I was the most negative person in the world if I predicted that preseason. And Zach, frankly, I think has looked behind schedule. I think that if you look at most of his production, especially in the Tennessee game, it came from plays that are off schedule. He's struggling in the pocket right now. And again, to some extent, that's kind of natural. 
But I just think you were hoping he'd be a little bit further along. The decision-making would be a little bit better. Listen, there's always a fine line with a quarterback like Zach Wilson. He's going to try and challenge defenses. Part of the reason he makes big plays is that he's willing to take risks. And sometimes risks blow up in your face. That's just how it works. But I think the ratio has been too reckless. I think I think he's throwing too many balls into danger. And I think he's had some issues processing some pretty basic defenses. I think the clock needs to move up for him. And that's, again, to some extent, that's common. Again, I think we were hoping a little bit further along. It's always ambiguous when you watch a player's college tape because you don't know how he's going to react to the different circumstances of the pros. I think that there was a path for him to be better in the early going. He's not quite there yet. And quite frankly, I think on a team where the objective was to win games, he should not be starting. Jets are a little bit different because the Jets, again, I think are focused more on development this year and they're willing to live with the growing pains and let Zach learn by doing. I think that's a perfectly valid approach. I think, you know, if he's going to go out there and throw interceptions, it may cost the Jets a game or two, but he'll learn. He'll say, okay, well, I can't make that throw. I think the Jets, one thing we've learned is that the Jets need to do a little bit better job helping him out. And I I think that Mike LaFleur is probably taking too much heat for Zach Wilson's struggles. But I think over the bye and in the weeks ahead, one thing that's going to be important is they need to get some core passing concepts into this offense. They need to get things Zach's comfortable with doing. And then you build from there. You get a couple of things down. And then once he has mastered these core concepts, you move on to something else. And I think if there is one thing I would criticize Mike LaFleur for, I don't really see a lot of the core concepts Zach succeeded with at BYU in this offense. And as much as you want to build your own system, and there are reasons you want to build your own system. Systems are constructed to exploit certain things. But you also want to make sure your players are comfortable. You may remember a couple of years ago, Adam Gaze had Sam Darnold go into his office midseason and Darnold said that these are the types of plays I want to run and Adam Gase said it's about time I don't think you want that I think you your job as a coach is to figure these things out with your quarterback you don't need to wait through half the season for your quarterback to tell you these things part of your job is learning these things and figuring out how to implement them into your offense and that's something that you got to see the Jets do in the weeks ahead because It just hasn't been there yet for Zach. Listen, the Tennessee game was great, but he was making plays outside the structure of the play call. And that's great. Listen, you want to be able to do that, but you also have to make plays from the pocket. You have to be able to win from the pocket. And I think sometimes Zach reading defenses, it's been a little shaky so far. And the other good performance I thought from Zach was the second half of the opener against Carolina. Again, he was making plays, but a lot of them were from outside the structure of the play call. And that's great. If you can combine playmaking ability with an ability to win from the pocket, then you really have something. But that's part of what needs to happen for Zach going forward. And speaking of performances among high-ranking members of the Jets organization, I think one thing we've learned, and I'm glad that we've learned this, is that Joe Douglas and Robert Sala and the rest of the coaching staff are not infallible. And this is just like one of those things that annoys me, and maybe it doesn't annoy anybody else, but I always get frustrated like when we're in the offseason and people act like the new person could do no wrong. And for Joe Douglas, it's been like a two-year honeymoon because his first year, he essentially inherited the roster. There was not a lot that he did to build that 2019 team. And then in 2020, he had Adam Gase to kind of be the foil and take the blame for everything that went wrong. And Joe Douglas has been on this extended honeymoon. And listen, I think you could be optimistic about some of the things Joe Douglas has done. 
But now you're starting to see, and you, I think you're starting to get a more realistic picture of the guy. I just don't like it when people act like he, he you're criticizing him. It's the end of the world. Joe Douglas makes moves that are wrong, just like every other GM. I think that there are some aspects of his plan long-term that are very appealing, and I think there are moves of his that you're starting to see that are paying dividends, but there have also been some mistakes, especially rounds three, round four of the 2020 NFL draft. The same goes for Robert Sala. I mean, I feel like we went through the entire offseason hearing that he was Vince Lombardi. He was the next great coach, and now... Jets lose a couple of games, and he's, he's terrible. I've even heard a few people, not many, I've heard a few people say we need to move on. I mean, we got to calm down a little bit. I think we need to have a little bit more balance of a view on our coaches and our and our front office members. And Mike LaFleur, of course, has taken a lot of criticism. But I like the fact that now we're not pretending that these guys are above criticism because there are always things you can do better, and there are always things that don't work out. And... Hopefully, going forward, we'll also come to appreciate some of the things these guys do well. You know, if you look at this offseason the Jets have had, or at least the offseason the Jets had in 2021, there were some moves that haven't worked out very well. There have also been some moves that have been pretty solid, and this might be controversial. I think so far through five games, Corey Davis has not been bad. I think he's actually been worth the money the Jets have paid him because the Jets are not paying him to be Devontae Adams. He has a more modest wide receiver contract. Now listen, Corey Davis has been inconsistent his whole career. He was inconsistent with Tennessee, and he's been inconsistent with the Jets. But when he's been good, he's helped drive the offense, and he's helped lead the offense to have success. I think he's worked out pretty well so far. I mean, listen, there have been some ugly moments, obviously, some balls have hit him in the hand that haven't. And I know it's controversial for me to say because people think back to the plays he didn't make, but he also has made some plays for this team. And for the amount of money he's making, listen, if he's making number one wide receiver in the NFL money, I may have a different view, but I think for the money he's made, it hasn't been that bad. And I'm going to talk about some of the other moves Joe Douglas has made to improve the talent level on this team as he tries to fix the roster. But if you need to fix your car or truck, you should go to rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Tuesday, talking about things that we've learned through the first five weeks of the season for the Jets heading into their bye. In the second segment, I discussed some of the moves Joe Douglas has made a bit, adding Corey Davis in particular, a move that at this point I'm still willing to defend. I also think that if you look through this roster, it's become clear that there is some young talent here. Now, how much young talent? We'll see. Is it enough young talent, or do the Jets need to add more? Again, we'll see. But you're beginning to see the development of a young core for this team. And it begins with Quinn and Williams, who I think has played well through the first five weeks of the season. Some up and down games, but overall I think he's performed at a fairly high level. But beyond that, you look at Bryce Hall, who looks like he's developing into a starting corner for this team. Look at some under-the-radar guys, maybe a Bryce Huff, who has impressed so far as an edge rusher. What is Bryce Huff? Is he a starter? Is he a situational player? We'll find out, but I have optimism towards him. And 
the 2021 draft class, outside of Zach Wilson, I think there's been a lot of positive returns so far. I look, Elijah Vera Tucker, I think, is playing pretty well at left guard. Elijah Moore has been a little bit of a disappointment. I still have hopes for him, though. I think he's running good routes. I think the Jets just need to figure out a way to get him into the progressions for Zach Wilson and Wilson to get him the ball. I still have hopes for that connection. But beyond that, there's some players on this team. You have day three picks, a couple of Michael Carters. Michael Carter II, who's done an excellent job with the slot. I was surprised. Listen, I'd never like to put expectations on a day three pick, especially as a rookie. I think he's a player, and I think the Michael Carter, the running back, the original Michael Carter, he also looks like a player to me. So you look through this roster, and I mean, you are beginning to see the development of a young core here, and I think that that's something that should give you optimism. And I think you're also starting to see, in some ways, a plan and a philosophical thing with the way they're building this team. Over the offseason, I don't think it was an accident that the Jets spent big on the defensive line and went inexpensive and young in the secondary. I think that that's part of the plan. I think that it's clear that this coaching staff believes in their ability to coach up guys in the secondary. And to this point, it's worked fairly well. Now, listen, it's not a great secondary. They're playing some fairly conservative coverages to try and cover for these guys. They're not asking them to do a lot. But hopefully over time, you can start to add more to the plate for these guys. I mean, even a Brandon Eccles who admittedly did not I don't think had a great game against Atlanta I mean he's been a I would say he's a bit of pleasant surprise again these guys aren't getting tested in a big way because their responsibilities aren't that great but you're starting to see that there's a bit of a connection there between the coaching staff and the front office the coaching staff believes that defensive line plays at a premium so that's what you want to go out and spend on that's what you spend in excess on but they can coach up the defensive backfield that's what you you like to understand a team that knows what it's good at developing now, unfortunately for the Jets, they haven't really gotten to reap the rewards of this defensive line because Carl Lawson and Vinnie Curry have been hurt. But I like to see that cohesion. Now, on the other side of the ball, you have to say that there's a bit of a lack of cohesion at the tight end position because the Jets spent practically nothing to did, pra- did practically nothing outside of adding Tyler Croft to upgrade their tight end position, and the coaching staff has turned tight end into an important part of this offense, which doesn't make a lot of sense. So as much as there is cohesion on the defensive side of the ball, the offensive side of the ball is an area where they need a little bit of work on that front. But ultimately, to close out the show, I will say that even though there have been downs and, quite frankly, more downs than ups, I'm still optimistic about this team through the first five weeks of the season. Now, that could change. It could change in a couple of weeks. But I still feel like the Jets are heading in the right direction, even though the results have not been there yet. And I do feel like eventually the results will be there. But I'd love to hear what you have to say. And that's our show for today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. And I hope you have a great Tuesday. Please send in your mailbag questions. Tomorrow is our weekly mailbag show.